Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing this evening? Howdy, Alan. I am here with bells on, sir. I'm ready to go. I heard a jingle, and I wasn't sure what it was. So Yeah, I, that, I need to fix them. They don't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this week, we're going to be covering Season 2, Episode 7, Greg Pakaitis. Oh, Pakaitis. Pakaitis. Oh, I'm going to give him the what for. He's like the Parks and Rec version of Dennis the Menace. I was going to go for Thanos, but yours is probably better. <laughs> okay. Thanos might be a bit strong, but, you Maybe. know, Dennis might be a bit weak. So we'll find out. We'll find out in this episode. We'll find out. We see him snap his fingers and everything ends. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode originally aired on October 29th, 2009. It was written by Michael Schur. Uh, of, yeah, that Michael Schur. And was directed by Dean Holland. You know, Mark, I, I did a little bit of deep diving here, and um, Dean Holland, you know, last week we had a, a writer who had written, you know, 30 or 40, 75, whatever episodes, you know, pretty involved. Dean Holland, as it turns out, you know, kind of got his start, well, not his start, maybe with Greg Daniels, perhaps, you know, 35 edits in the office, directed two episodes, but here producer, co-producer, co-executive producer, one or three of those across 125 episodes. He edited 28 of the episodes and directed 27 of them. Wow. I think I hear he also put together the craft uh, food table. <laughs> he did. Yep. Chicken wings. Mm, that's his specialty. That's wonderful. Yeah. Mm. Also has done a lot with Parks with, uh, excuse me, has also done a lot with Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place, other ah, shows that we like. So love pretty it. cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, should we tell people that we're considering this thing we're considering? Uh, I think we should tell people the thing that we want to tell them. Thank you, Perd. Thank you, Perd. So we're, we're looking at doing some special episodes, a little series of special episodes. We're not sure how many they're going to be yet, but we want to talk about things like this, all these connections, you know, the Greg Daniels universe, if you will, with Mike Schur and kind of how all these people and these actors and these directors and producers and writers, uh, you know, kind of how they all mesh together, you know, the Venn diagram of this universe. That's right. I think it'll be fun. So we're, we're still planning that. We'll, we'll let you know more here in the next few weeks. And then uh, hopefully we'll get to do one of those episodes coming up soon. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, you want to talk about the cold open for us this evening? Yes, sir, I do. All right. Well, this <clears throat> this cold open, uh, is, um, it's a decent size. It's about 76 seconds. And it opens up and we see text on the screen. It says Halloween Day, 1250 p.m. <laughs> So I love it already because, I, I, yep. you know, this is the work I would do yeah. <laughs> when I'm, I'm looking through this. So they're going to do it for me. Um, Leslie is standing in the middle of an empty high school hallway and she kind of has her arms crossed like she's angry or determined or both. Yeah. The bell rings and, and kids uh, uh, start uh, exiting classrooms and filling the hallway. And Leslie's looking around for a little bit before she spots Greg Begaitis at his locker, <laughs> and he's apparently eating a, a peach. And she walks up to him. Oh, Greg Begaitis says it just like that. Um, like, yeah, you're the parks lady, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm the parks lady, Leslie Nope, and I'm here to tell you this year it ends. And then there's a Leslie talking head from her desk just saying, oh, this kid makes me crazy. We got a history. Um, he terrorizes the park system. Um, 
and they, they and it shows a cork board with with cutouts and and pins in it with different colored string connecting the pins like you would see at the police <laughs> station very serious stuff yeah. um you know every halloween alan someone defaces the statue of mayor piercy percy excuse percy. me yeah. as a yeah. freudian he is there. a relative of mine, but let's I move mean, on. I, I knew yeah. it yeah. Um, in, in Ramsey Park. And, and I know it's Pachytus. I've never been able to prove it. He's like a he, he's like an invisible adolescent <laughs> James Bond supervillain criminal mastermind. Or maybe someone else is doing it. <laughs> but, Jesus, sure. But, but I really feel like it's this kid. And it cuts back to, to Leslie confronting him at his locker. It's like, look, man. I got the entire parks department watching you. My boyfriend's a cop, so don't even try it. And he's playing it cool like the mastermind he is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I think you do. It ends today, but Gaitis. Like, thanks for stopping by, Leslie. You look great. And she looks back and goes, oh, thank you. Like, genuinely smiling. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> face get, gets mean again. It, it ends today. And then cut to music. Very good. <laughs> You know, we, we will hear sh shortly talk about deleted episodes, but I, I think I'll have to mention this week a little early that that is not the original cold, cold open of this episode. Really? It is not. Do tell. Uh, so if you watch the deleted scenes, which I know you did, Mark, because you're such a good researcher, um, yep. you know, and I rely on you to do that because I really don't want to do any work, any more work than I have to. <laughs> um, but that PSA that's in the deleted scenes, that very first clip, which runs about two minutes and 13 seconds, that was the original cold open in the script. Oh, I did not know that. You yeah. know, I I watched it and I thought, well, this is kind of fun. It's kind of an odd little, it's not like a scene extension or something they added. Right. Well, I mean, it is something they added, but yeah. it's like, where, where does this go? But that would have made perfect sense. And it's only plot relevant in the way that, like maybe the very last line of it, the way it ends. But um, we'll, we'll talk about deleted scenes here in a more, more in a minute. Right, right. All right. Well, Mark, do you have a synopsis for us? I've got Dude, one. Do I ever. Um, I, have, uh, I have an A story and a B story. I'm shocked. The, so the synopsis is... Um, the first one, the A story, I have titled Nope versus Pachytus. <laughs> the thrill it in Manila. Um, so after confronting Pachytus at school, uh, Leslie watches uh, Greg that night with the help of uh, her boyfriend, Dave Sanderson, uh, Officer Dave Sanderson. Um, Andy has a part-time job now with the Parks Department, and he's going to guard the statue of, 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 uh, of uh, Mr. Percy there. Um, Leslie and Dave watch Greg for a few hours and then they go, I, I don't know. He's not, he's not doing nothing. He's, he's, uh, we scared him off and they, <laughs> we're going to go to Ann's party. They stop at city hall for Leslie's costume. They find the office toilet papered and vandalized and Leslie immediately suspects, but And even though they've been watching him all night. And so they go, why well, now we're confused. Like mm -hmm. we watch him all night. He hasn't done this. And yet here it is. So hey, he's a mastermind. How did he do this? <laughs> um, like officer, Officer Dave reluctantly agrees, all right, to bring Greg in for questioning, but he, Greg insists he's innocent. Andy comes in and questions Greg, pretending to be Burt Macklin, FBI. That's right. <laughs> and uh, But Greg, it backfires because Greg is so mean to Andy. He soon starts crying, <laughs> and he just leaves a big jerk, and he leaves the room. Um, Greg's mother eventually arrives and takes him away after threatening to report all three of them for holding her son without proof of guilt. So he say, uh-oh. Um, and he helps Leslie clean the office and clean up all the toilet paper and everything. And after a few beers, they decide they're going to toilet paper Greg's house. Um, 
Well, they get caught. <laughs> so yep. Officer Dave, of all people, arrives in his police car. He's like, what are you doing? He's been called to stop him. And, and um, an unfamiliar woman comes out of the Pekaitis house. And Leslie thinks, oh, no, I, I did the wrong house. And the woman's like, no, I'm actually Greg's mother. Did he hire a fake mother? again <laughs> off of craigslist so oh they're so mad and and he she goes to give him the what for which is what mothers do and he's like she said oh he's not in his room and leslie goes i know where he is yeah he's at he's and so they run to the statue and they they catch him in the process of vandalizing it and leslie's convinced they're just going to throw him into prison for good just lock him up in the dungeon and dave's like no we don't do that he's he's a <laughs> he's a minor he's not going to receive probation um and I'm going to hold off on the kicker until a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the A story. The, the yeah. B story I, I titled boringly uh, Anne's Party because it is Anne's Party. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> that's pretty much it. Uh, NBC, yeah. NBC wrote that subtitle for me. Um, <laughs> Anne's Party. As the Pawnee Town at the Pawnee Town Hall, you know, Anne arrives in the morning and talks excitedly about her Halloween party. And she asks everyone not to mention it to Tom, but then she's learns Jerry already told him. Thanks, Jerry. Um, we hate him. Uh, well, let's just pretend he's not born and go on. Uh, so Anne's party starts off really boring. She's afraid it's going to be a failure. Uh, but when Tom and his wife, Wendy, arrive, they start to spice up the party by turning the living room into a dance floor and playing music. Um, the party ends up being a big hit. And Anne thanks Tom profusely. Wendy tells Ron that she knows he had learned previously about their green card marriage. And she really thanks him for his discretion, saying that pretty soon they're going to be able to divorce without raising any suspicions, unaware that Tom is actually very upset about that. And uh, that's kind of all I had for that story. So just a nice party scene. Okay, that's excellent. Well, good deal. I know on this one, um, you know, we, we, I'm sure you've got your list of 17 or 18 AKAs as, as I do. Um, <laughs> how, how about if I go first? Even better. Why don't you go first? Fair enough. So I, I narrowed it down to five this week. I oh, thought that was pretty God. good. Here we go. Okay. Yep. So in, in, in reverse order, drum roll, please. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Um, one of my favorites, it's so benign and so small, was Don't Be Such a Ham, Jerry, which is actually from the deleted cold open, Yeah, which it's got a couple delightful moments we'll talk about. But um, number four, though, was <laughs> this one is Leslie, I think, describing uh, Pachitis uh, from Dave's police car. And she says, he looks obnoxious and irritating, even from a great distance. Yep. Yep. So that's pretty good. I, that's I a daily, it. that could be a daily use one. Um, there's a moment later where Leslie says they're, they're chasing down Pachitis. And she goes, let him go, stay on the leader, which is totally a, a, a an homage to Star, Star, Star Wars, Wars, which is terrific. Yeah. So um, number two. Vader. Well, Vader, absolutely, yeah. Vader syndrome. Yeah, there you go. See, you find a way to bring that up every episode. <laughs> bring it all the way back around, yep. That's right. Uh, my number two was, hey, slutty teenage girls dressed as sexy kittens, pump your own <laughs> stomachs this year. Yeah, I love it with a big grin and a smile. She, she loves, loves it. it. She didn't have mm. to work this year. Nope. And doesn't. And But my number, number one, one? Number one, here it is. Yep. Andy so grateful that he's gotten this job, this part-time job from Leslie guarding the statue of Mayor William Percy. 
Mm. I'm going to make 32 bucks tonight. I owe, I owe Leslie everything I have, which after tonight will be 39 bucks. <laughs> yeah, that would, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Did I leave you any? I feel like I, I you know, I, I maybe overdid it here. Well, you know, Alan, it occurs to me every single week there there are two things that I'm waiting to happen. Yeah. And and, and we don't corroborate before we have this podcast. So whatever notes we take are is on our own. And yeah, one is, are we going to score uh, you know, in 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 violent opposition to each other and be at each other's throats? And then the right. other is, are we gonna steal each other's AKAs? So therefore the one that goes first is, you know, the the winner. Um, right. That's why I always you, go first on this segment. You've gone first and uh so I thought, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do two AKAs. I've never done that before, by the way, no. I've always done one. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, that's Canon. And yeah. uh, so, <laughs> so I, I usually do one and this time I actually did two thinking that I was going to outdo you and I didn't outdo you, no. but um, I was Perfect. also very afraid you're going to use one of mine and you did not. So oh, very thankful. Yeah. All right. So What'd both of mine, with? both of mine are Andy isms. Um, I thought Chris Pratt did a great job in this episode. We'll talk about that later. But one of them is when, well, actually both of these are right around where Andy shows up at City Hall when they're detaining Greg. Mm. And the first one is where Andy says, you know, hey, you, you know, you need to let me take a run at him, boss. <laughs> and he says very, very uh, Zen-like. He says, you know, in order to think like one of these guys, you have to think like them. <laughs> like I, I can't argue with that. It's, it's. I mean, there has never been a more true statement. I, I, I concur. And then the other one, it just made me. It makes me LOL every time. That's the kids say laugh out loud. Alan, um, is that what that means? It, yeah, it is what that means. I used to say lol, and then lol. I realized, oh, it's really a laugh out loud. It made me sound like Jerry <laughs> Lewis. Um, but the other one, my second I one, was lots of love. Oh, I have to go reinterpret a bunch of text messages. I got some from people. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Now I'm with you. Yeah. Anyway, my second one is when he's, he's in there and he's interrogating Bacchitis and Leslie comes in cause he thinks he's about broken down and Bacchitis is just making him cry. Oh and, and, and Andy just sitting there. He's like, why would you do that? And, and if he Bacchitis goes, are you crying? And Andy, he just is so distraught. He goes, no, I am not crying, okay? I'm allergic to jerks. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. So that that's my second AKA. I am not crying. I'm allergic to jerks. But you have to yeah. say it like that. Th that whole line, that's a great AKA, by the way. And uh, that reminded me a little bit of the Seinfeld episode about, you know, uh, George trying to find the comeback uh, about the jerk store. So that... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seinfeld. Uh, hey, Mark, I had a couple of fun facts for this one before we do our first in tropes, since well, we kind of introduced this last week. Please, sir. You, they, they may be facts. I'll decide if they're fun. Fair enough. I Go think ahead. That's, that's, let's do that. Yep. Um, so Ron Swanson dresses as a pirate for Halloween, which I'm sure we'll describe in more detail here shortly. Right. But he's also the pirate of, he's also the voice of the pirate in the Lego movie, which also starred Chris Pratt. Oh yeah. You know, so I, I thought knew that, that was kind of fun. I had forgotten about that. That yeah. is a fun fact. I dubbed yeah. that fun. Thank you. Yes. All right. Fun fact number two. 
Greg Pakaitis was designed, the character was designed to be another recurring nemesis for Leslie, but unfortunately, Cody Klopp, the actor, could not get consent from his parents to be a semi-regular. They wanted him to focus more on his schoolwork. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so we get him in two episodes, this one and one later, but, you know, I think it sounds like maybe they were going to have him in there doing shenanigans all the time. So, oh, well. Well, you know, it's it's so funny, too, because like you said, in the entire series, Greg Pekaitis is in a total of two episodes, including this one. Yep. And despite the fact that he's only in two episodes, it, he's really infamous, like, uh, infamous. especially amongst uh, Parks and Rec fans. You know, yeah. so you would think that someone of his uh, caliber of in infamousness, is, <laughs> uh, he would be like a recurring thing. But no, just two episodes. Yep, just two. All right. Should we do our first or our tropes? Did you want to kick those off for us? I would love to kick those off. Well, I, you know, one of the first I was tempted to say was per what I just said is Greg Pakaitis, but eh, it's not really a great first because yeah. he's only in two episodes, but right. you know, I mentioned it. So there, um, the, the other first that I could think of is we already kind of tipped our, tipped our hand a little bit was, yeah. um, <laughs> this is, I love it to death. This is the first uh, introduction of Andy's alter ego, Burt Macklin, FBI. Yep. Which comes back over and over, over. and over. And There's probably even a picture somewhere of one of the co-hosts of this show dressed as Burt Macklin uh, for Halloween. I'm I'm nearly certain. We'll see if oh, we'll we'll have to see I'm if. Sure uh, right. mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're going right. to see if uh, you know Constantine can dig that up for us and put it on the website. Oh, that'd be excellent. He's a he's a good worker. He is. I like yep. the fact that he works mostly for onions. <laughs> I thought it was Dale Krispy Kremes, but I guess Damn he's on it. a health kick. Yeah, well, you know. He, he, Carbs are the enemy. I get it. They are. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to cut those out. How about you? Did I miss any firsts? You know, I, I did. That was the, really the only big first I had here because, you know, I think there was probably a few more tropes than there were firsts. One of the tropes um, that I, I called out, and, and I didn't have a big list here, but, you know, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. You know, we see that scene, we see it a couple times of this really um, <laughs> overprepared Leslie, right? This is mm -hmm. this is this trope. Leslie has this diagram of the routes that she believes that Greg <laughs> Pekaitis could potentially take between his house, which she apparently knows, uh, which is a little disturbing, and the route to the statue of Mayor William Percy. So in uh, there in the park. So uh, what's the name of that park again, Mark? Uh, Ramsett Park. Ramsett Park, yes. So one of, their, one of their nicer parks, despite what our, our friends from our sister city think. Barack, yeah. Yeah. Let's but that, see. that was pretty much my list. Did you have any other tropes that you thought were worth mentioning this week? Well, I, I did. Uh, and I, I have these tropes because, um, well, I feel like they, it, it's valid to say that they occurred, but also because I like the way that they acronym. One okay. of them we mentioned last week is PBJ, baby. Oh, yeah. Which we have called Punching Bag Jerry, but PBJ, yep. how, how could we not call it that from now on? Yep, that's a done deal. Um, th There were a few times. Jerry didn't have a lot of screen time, but he was pretty good in this episode. He had some funny moments, and one yeah. was where, you know, clearly he told Tom about Ann's party, and Ann's kind of mad at him. Now, he kind of did something to, to, to I, I, I guess, deserve her ire a little bit, even though he didn't mean anything by it. But, you know, that's Jerry for you. Yeah. Um, also, I thought it was interesting. The other um, main scene that I remember, at least with him as a punching bag, is the the cobwebs get him. Yeah. 
as he walked outside, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting thing because now it's not just people treating him like a punching bag. It's the environment. <laughs> it's like the world is conspiring to get him now, which this is great. So it, it was an awesome opportunity for some great physical comedy from him as well. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. um, so that's, you know, that's our. But Jerry had a ton of scenes in the deleted scenes. I, yeah. I think three or four. So he had potentially a lot more screen time here than he actually ended up with Jim O'Hare. So um, not yeah. FaceTime, but screen time as we'll that, see. Well, excellent point. Mm -hmm. So what anyway, else did Jeff? so the other one, which I, Alan, I know I've said this through, it has to be like five, four or five episodes now. And just like we acronymed PBJ, I cannot believe we didn't acronym OMG, <laughs> open mouth grin. Yeah. So maybe we know, should trademark oh, it. Oh, it's done. It's a done deal. <laughs> um, so the OMG, baby, uh, Tom has his ridiculous open mouth grin, fourth wall breaking thing at several points. Uh, I think, you know, a few of them are when he's dressed up as T-Pain during the party and just, you know, ridiculous grin. So yeah, not a lot to talk about that. Just, you know, it's there and I love it. Yep. Um, I also had, uh, you had introduced a kind of a new little addition to this, uh, I guess, segment of the show that we call goofs. And mm. it's not always something that we have because not all shows really have goofs or at least not ones that are, you know, fun to talk about. Um, I noticed a goof. What was that? So this is where, um, you know, a lot of the episode is cutting back and forth from Anne's party to somewhere else, back to Anne's party to somewhere else, you yeah. know, so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what we have is in one of the Anne party scenes, Dr. Harris, the jerk, informs Anne he's going to go home because in, in, in quotes, this isn't fun. <laughs> and he leaves and he, he takes his bottle of wine. He takes a book from her bookshelf. He's just a big meanie. So he's gone. Now you cut to City Hall for a second. The next time we come back to Anne's party, there's kind of a shot over her shoulder of some people mulling around. He's still there. Oh, so good catch. not, yeah, not a big deal. Just, you know, kind of a nerd moment. Yeah, that's there a good one. Go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk through our deleted scenes. I clocked eight in this episode, about five minutes and 48 seconds worth. And like I mentioned, one of the most original or interesting things about this set of deleted scenes is that we've got this, um, cold open that has been, you know, was planned and then moved to the deleted scenes. To my knowledge, at least on this show so far, this is the first time I've seen this happen. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I, I started to watch the deleted scenes and I'm watching this and I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if the original intention was to, I, I honestly, I guessed because it in it and felt of itself, out of context when you watch it in the deleted scenes, where if it had been, been the cold open, you know what that is. Right. Yes. Yes. Or I, because this runs two fourteen all by itself, you know, when right. Alan, when I used to watch love connection with Chuck Woolery and he'd well, say, sure. we'd, be ba we'd be back in two and two. So that's yeah. where I know my math. And yeah. so it I know the be. commercials usually run for two and two, and this is about two fourteen. So I thought maybe they bought out a commercial spot to show this. Like I honestly couldn't remember. Um, but I agree with you, like watching this in the deleted scene. I mean, it's kind of fun I, and I liked it, but it kind of seemed out of place. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in lots of ways. One, it's super long. You can understand why they didn't use it as a cold open because those tend to run, you know, 90 seconds or less. I think any more than that, then it just, it's probably, you know, you get a question, you know, they've only got 31 minutes for these episodes. So, you know, 
that's a, our 21 minutes, sorry. Uh, so that's a lot of precious screen time to use in a cold open. So that's right. probably one reason they didn't. I think another reason they didn't, or at least another thing that I would say it was good that they didn't, and I've said this about one or two other deleted scenes is, you know, Jerry's kind of got this interesting thing going on here where he's kind of hamming it up as he's playing a part in this PSA that Leslie has originally scripted. And, uh, you know, he's playing this kind of this weirdo creep handing out, you know, candy bars with daggers in them, and machetes, as Tom yeah, calls yeah. it, right? But, um, but he's too cool. He's, he's not Jerry. He's not punching bag Jerry. Yeah, so I agree. He's out of character. And, and they, I, I think it's another reason it doesn't really stick. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with that with the, you know, with the exception of Leslie calling him out and saying, Jerry, don't be such a ham, which isn't right. really meh. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty tame as far as punching bag. Yeah. Jerry goes. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like he was bumbling. He was just hamming it up. Yeah. And not doing a bad job. No, and that's the thing. Like I, I think when when Jerry, at least at this point, when Jerry does anything well, it doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. So, anyway, that, that's probably enough about the original uh, about that scene. Um, you know, I think the second scene we've got Leslie and Dave on on the ride along, and Leslie grabs the mic. You know, when when uh, the the base calls in for Unit Six Forty One, and <laughs> there's some shenanigans there. It's cute, but there's you know not a lot of content, and certainly you know not not that big a plot driver. Um, there's a little bit of an extended interrogation scene, I think, next, and Leslie speaking about the merits of torture. <laughs> Which was and, pretty funny. Well, and she she does. I just want to mention one thing. So she yeah, she's talking about torture, and she goes, "It's tricky. It's a that their torture, Alan, is a dicey <laughs> subject." And yeah. you know, Jack Bauer. <laughs> I love it. Now, now, <laughs> now this guy can torture people, but he, here's the key: he's yeah. always right. <laughs> right. Which I thought, okay, that so that's it. You Maybe just, he's right. But so he's right because you know why because if he was wrong then he'd just be a crazy guy and then the show would be called 24 uh reasons why this guy is crazy <laughs> so, okay a little bit of a stretch but i like yeah. it and she did get the chance to mention his proclivity for um you know electric shock therapy using nipples, to, to the nipples which yeah testicles yeah yeah which you know i think we could all do without although i missed 24 i will say that i like jake bauer who doesn't? Well, we, we know certainly that Dwight likes Jack Bauer. Yes. Uh, we had uh, a couple, and this is the other part we mentioned of some some screen time, if you will, not necessarily FaceTime, as you put it, for, for Jerry. I think there were three different sequences where there's this weird dragon at Anne's party. And we ultimately, uh, over the course of, uh, by the end, we find out that the dragon was actually Jerry. Yeah, you know what? I, I realized at the very end that apparently what he was was a dragon. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because I was taking notes during these deleted scenes and I kept on saying, yeah, there's this weird dinosaur guy <laughs> that walking around. So I don't know. <laughs> it's um, a green Barney. And there was I guess it was kind of, a, a you know, the running joke was you know, Anne would bug bump into this guy dressed in a full dragon suit. So, right. like, you can't tell anything about no. this person. And you know, first I'm like, hey, who's in there? And the and the and the dragon goes, Rawr! and he's like, whatever, okay, dude, whatever. And and that was like the running joke, whatever. Yeah. You know, so I was like, oh, I bump into now. Come on, who are you? Rawr! Okay, never mind. And then finally he like kind of goes <laughs> and sits down on the couch, like, what the hell? And Mark helps him 
take his head off and it's jerry he's really dehydrated because it's hot there in that dragon costume that's great well you know i, I think there are a couple other deleted scenes I, I don't know are there any other you wanted to mention i i think for me that pretty much covers them the only other thing i wanted to mention is there's um i mean first of all april's back in this episode so yay oh yeah good point. um and and she had i'm going to call it a very mini calling it a mini story is too large but a mini 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 story where at ann's party and they cut it out because it only existed in these deleted scenes um mm. apparently alan derek had broken up with her because because she wanted to focus That's more right. on his boyfriend than you know she's not having it she's like like hey this is what you say when you you know want to blow off your girlfriend <laughs> she yells at him and that's the, the the scene where she's taking a slug out of a bottle that's kind of where they had introduced that in previously oh that's um, true yep she and then into vodka and then at the very end they kind of I don't know if you want to say resolved it, but whatever. So all, all three of them are dancing together at the end of the party. And Anne's like, oh, this is how you guys doing. And they're like, yeah, we worked it out. And and they're all slurring their words, you know, because drunk. And April's like, yes, Derek's going to be gay, gay monogamous with Ben, but we're still going to make out when I'm drunk. And we agreed we could see other people. But if I make out with any other gay guys, I have to tell them. And Derek's like, we're not going to put a label on it. And it's like, yeah, good, <laughs> good, good thinking. thinking. <laughs> the only other thing I was going to mention too is the very last scene where this what I just described takes place. If you watch it in the deleted scenes, there are these people kind of swaying and kind of dancing as if there's music on in the background. But oh, yeah. there is no there is no there's music. No music so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking maybe they never got around to editing that scene yeah. to make it seem like a party. So whatever, it's still fun. No, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think that's a little bit of an under the hood look at you know what happens. And obviously they were all acting as if they were dancing to really loud music because they were shouting a little bit over the top of it and it's not there. So obviously that was going to go in and post. And since the scene got cut, you know, they didn't bother exactly yeah you see that a lot in some of the deleted scenes especially like the marvel movies where stuff's still on a green screen and you know they never spent the the budget you know to i don't know how much it costs to insert a song but, <laughs> but i get why the marvel people don't do it anyway all right well that's pretty good i think you know what we should probably take a break and when we come back we'll start to break down the episode sounds good man all right we'll be right back hello this is ron swanson I have been recompensed to talk to you all about my favorite brand of toilet paper, Mighty Wipes. One thing in particular that stands out from the dumpster fire that was 2020 is everyone's sudden fascination with buying up toilet paper. It got to the point where my newspaper subscription threatened to perform double duty for a while. Suffice to say, I gained an increased appreciation for soft, quality toiletries during that time. Therefore, I can say with experience that my personal toilet paper of choice is Mighty Wipes. Made by Bumco, a subsidiary of Sweetums, this soft-as-a-cloud concoction from heaven comes in three variations. Regular, strong but supple for your everyday toiletry needs. WrestleMania, the strength of Hulk Hogan, the gentleness of Suburban Commando. And finally, the Asgardian, the power of Thor's hammer combined with the soft, billowy touch of his fighting companion, the Lady Sif. In conclusion, don't worry if Mr. Whipple tells you not to squeeze the Charmin. 
the toilet paper you'll want two handfuls of is Mighty Wipes. Be sure to mention coupon code PAKITIS to receive a voucher for a dozen farm-fresh eggs from my favorite grocery store, Food and Stuff. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back from break. All right, well, thanks for sticking with us and thanks for listening this week. We're going to break down this episode. And Mark, I have us starting off this episode. We're at the interior of the Parks Department. And um, Anne is telling everyone about her Halloween party. That's right. We we see the, the second uh, scene so far in this episode with an on-screen timestamp. This one says 3.37 p.m. And uh, like you said, Anne's walking into- It's like uh, an episode of Cops. I know, right? And Anne walks into the bullpen where the rest of the gang is. And she's like, hey, Parks Department. And April, very deadpan. Yay, Anne's here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she reminds everyone, yep, yeah, seven, 7 o'clock tonight, my house in costume. Everybody in. Everyone's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. You know, not really against it, but not really excited. Well, Anne's excited. But I don't oh, she is, anyone else so is excited. too excited. She's smiling and clapping her hands. Yeah. And there's a little talking head she has right outside the bullpen where she's like, Halloween is my favorite holiday. It's just the best. And I don't have to work. And this is one yeah. of your AKA, one of your 10 AKAs, I think. <laughs> like, hey, slutty teenage girls dressed as sexy kittens. Pump your own stomachs this year. Well said, <laughs> Anne. Well said. Um, mm. And she tries to pull a fast one. And she says, now, everybody in this room, one more thing. The people in this room are the people that I invited, plus Leslie and Donna. Donna. Yeah. Not in this episode. Um, Right. So don't tell anybody. And April's like, well, who's not invited then? And like almost as if on cue. Hey, what's going on? Cupcake. Tom walks into the the bullpen. Yeah, speaking of the devil. And he he tells her, excited about the party tonight. And she's like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, you're coming. Uh I was just about to tell you. And Tom's like, oh, Jerry already told me. (laughs) Jerry shoots and shoots Jerry a look. And he Mm -hmm. just is very sheepish. and Tom, ever the, you know, the, the ladies man tells Anne that he can't wait to see how tiny her costume is. <laughs> Lord. Um, uh, yeah, so there's all kinds mad. of scripted stuff here that didn't make it. It's probably better it didn't. So, ah, gotcha. From here, we find ourselves out in the courtyard just a few minutes later. And uh, Leslie is showing Anne this crazy map of the these routes between Pekaitis' house and the, the statue in Ramsett Park. That's right. This this is where we 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 clock in with our trope as overprepared Leslie. Yeah. Um, she's she's showing off this map with all this stuff to Am. Um, she kind of says that it looks like the work of a serial killer, which <laughs> Leslie takes as a compliment because no. you know it shows dedication. Love Leslie, <laughs> and Anne clearly doesn't get this. Alan, she's like, look, big deal. So a kid TP's a statue, and. Leslie's like, no, it takes us 10 days to clean up his mess. But more importantly, he sucks and I want to destroy him. <laughs> okay, well, if you destroy him early, you know, come by the party. Oh, yeah. I will. Um, so um, the only other thing that happens in the scene that we're aware of um, mm-hmm. is Anne disappears and Leslie looks up at some of the workers putting up Halloween decorations. And this includes putting up cobwebs around one of the doors uh, going in and out of the courtyard. Right. And Leslie's asking this, this, this worker putting up the cobwebs. She says, well, how is someone going to get through the door on cue? 
Jerry walks out, kablam, right into the cobwebs, and he just starts flailing his arms and like, what the, oh, are you kidding me? And um, Leslie goes, calm down, Jerry, look, relax here. And she gets up, goes over to help him. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. I'm going to say one additional thing that I'm, I'm going to do what you're doing as well. I'm not going to give anything away here. Yeah. Three minutes, 11 seconds. Note it and check it out later. Yep. Yep. All right. So from here, we move on. We're now going to find ourselves at Ramsett Park and Leslie and Dave and Andy are at the statue of Mayor William Perry. Percy. Leslie and Dave and Andy are at the statue of Mayor William Percy, my relative. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Um, based on Ron Swanson, apparently. Well, clearly. Well, well maybe, but just because of the mustache. Um, yeah. Leslie's uh, kind of fangirling over, you know, Mayor William Percy. Uh, well, she's she's in impressive. Front. All these accomplishments, right? Oh, yeah. She's, he, look, he's a true hero. Uh, uh, during the Pawnee uh, Bread Factory uh, fire of 1922, he <laughs> ran back into a burning building and he saved the beloved secret recipe for Pawnee <laughs> Pumpernickel. And uh, her, her boyfriend, Officer David Sanderson, uh, kind of chimes in, well, didn't didn't like 30 people die in that fire? And she's like, well, look, he's not Superman. Superman. <laughs> but he did get the Pumpernickel. Oh, my gosh. And... That's when Andy makes the observation, like looks at his big mustache and everything. And like, he looks like Ron Swanson. Is that who this is based off of? And Leslie just kind of looks at him. No, it's based on William Percy. Were you listening to what I said? Um, yes. Sort of. Um, sort of. Um, so then Leslie turns to Andy and, and kind of beams at him and says, well, Andy, good news. You're officially on the Parks Department payroll. $8 an hour. And Andy is tickled about this. Mark, I was saying we, we could just play this clip. We oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good thought. Let's do. Okay, Andy, good news. You're officially on the Parks Department payroll. $8 an hour. <laughs> Commit this to memory. You see him, you stop him. Knock his head off if you have to. Don't do that. Don't do that. I give you permission to use excessive force. Don't use excessive force. Don't go overboard. Just stop him by any means necessary. No. No. Just stop him. I love all the mixed signals that uh, <laughs> Leslie is giving Andy there. <laughs> oh, I know. That that was one of my favorite parts of the scene is um, Andy is obviously really excited about making $8 an hour. So he's well, sure. like really enthused about this. And he wants to do a good job, Alan. And so Leslie holds up the Pachitis picture and says, commit it to memory. And he's just looking at it like burning lasers through it with his eyes. He is so committing it to memory. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Leslie and Dave, like, knock his head off. Don't do that. Use excessive force. Don't use excessive <laughs> force. Don't go overboard by any means necessary. No. And so, and you see Andy as he's like looking at Leslie and then looks at Dave and then looking at Leslie and then looks yeah. at Dave. And like he is giving like little nods to Leslie and then like looking at Dave and like giving little shakes of his head, you know, <laughs> very mixed signals. Yeah, it's funny. Good. I think next Andy's got a talking head and this is uh, this is the one that inspired uh, one of my other AKAs. Yeah, where he just says, and he's, this is kind of a sweet moment where he, he's showing some gratitude here. Sure. You know, he says, a week ago, I had nothing. Now I have a part-time job. I'm going to make $32 tonight and I owe Leslie everything I have, which after tonight will be $39. <laughs> 
apparently he's got seven dollars squirreled away somewhere i'll be honest i was kind of impressed that andy had seven bucks yeah i mean I was just too. two weeks ago he was living in a pit look I, I, boone's farm wine you can get for three <laughs> so I, I cannot believe he had seven <laughs> four would be the right number right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right or one yeah or one <laughs> <laughs> two bucks yeah all right. Well, after this, I think we're back and we're at Ann's house. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Ron is not only dressed as a pirate, but he is the first one to arrive. Yes, I, I believe you are correct. And and it, it looks like he's right on time. Like we see Ann is dressed like Raggedy Ann. Yep. And she answers the door. We see Ron. And I think at first we're not sure what he's dressed as because we, we kind of see him from the waist up and he appears to just from what I can tell, have on a somewhat normal yeah, shirt. Yeah, I mean, it's a normal kind of button downy shirt. You can't really tell what's going on. And Right. And, and you know, he's just a very stoic, hello, Anne. <laughs> and <laughs> and asks if he's early. And she's like, nope, you're right on time. So he is, but I guess no one else has shown up yet. Yeah. Um, but in my book, being there on time is pretty much being early. Well, I agree. You have to right? be fashionably late. Exactly right. Yup, I get it. Um, Ron, uh, you know, uh, gives Anne a compliment on her costume, and um, she's like, oh, thanks, it's from one of my favorite books, blah, 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 and, and Anne looks him up and down and trying to figure out what he is, and finally he has to, like, clue her in, like, I'm a pirate, and he appears to be wearing striped pants, I guess, and, and, and boots of some sort, and yeah. that's about it. It may be a fanny pack. It's kind of hard to tell. Not, it, not the best. It's not the best. So if he got that from some sort of local costume shop, um, you know, he, he went cheap. He yeah. didn't get the, the advanced pirate costume. No, I think the pirate tag said like almost a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think we have the, the second uh, person arrive at the party. We see uh-huh. someone tap Anne on her shoulder and and turns around to see uh, Dr. Harris, who we, we've seen a couple times before, yep. uh, most notably in my mind, he was uh, Andy's doctor when he was getting his cast removed. And that's right. He may have been in a couple other scenes, too. But yeah, anyway, you know, Anne's very polite and nice, like, oh, hey, Dr. Harris, how are you? And Dr. Harris just like, Anne, <laughs> hands are a bottle of wine, whatever. Um, He's and- clearly everyone's favorite doctor because of his personality. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she uh she introduces the two of them. Like, you know, this is Ron Swanson for the Parks Department, and you know, this is Dr. Harris. And Ron kind of looks at him, you're a doctor. Yep. I meant your costume. I got it. And they just kind of <laughs> stare at each other. And and Anne has a just a very brief, like two second it. talking head in the kitchen. She's like, oh, world's colliding, always awkward. Yeah. And I thought this was kind of a nice standoff moment between two non-extroverts in the show who don't typically say much. You know, Ron, because he's the no-nonsense stoic type, and Dr. Harris, because he's kind of a self-centered jerk. But Yeah, I, I love the, you know, Anne's eating some chips as she has her little talking head there. And you can see Ron and Dr. Harris there in the background talking. And based on the conversation we've heard so far, I can only imagine how stimulating the rest of that conversation is going to be. I, I was sad we missed it. Oh my gosh, riveting, <laughs> I'm imagine? sure. No. Well, from here, we're going to bounce back and we're, we're we're inside a car and it turns out to be, actually in the script, this was supposed to be Leslie's car. 
but it turns out there were actually an Officer Dave's car, his police car. And we see this really cool spy shot of Greg Prakaitis and a couple of friends outside some sort of convenience mart. That's right. Once again, we see a timestamp on the screen, 822. <laughs> Uh, you know, so it's just like an episode of Cops. I love it. I love it to death. All that's they're, missing is the law and order in the criminal justice system. <laughs> um, and then Jerry Orbach would have to come in and has, say some <laughs> line about, looks like he's plumb out of excuses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we see the timestamp. Like I said, I love this because they're doing my work for me. And Leslie appears to have a little um, hand recorder uh, thingy and she holds it up to her mouth and She's, you know, she's reporting into it. 8.22 p.m. Suspect still in fr with friends in the parking lot. He looks obnoxious and irritating, even from a great distance. And then she seems pleased with that and then takes the hand recorder and, and leans over the seat to, to put the recorder under Officer Dave's mouth for him to pitch in. And he doesn't even notice for a second, and then kind of looks at her and goes, oh, uh, confirmed. <laughs> Look, he didn't know what he, she wants her to do. Um, and he has a little uh, talking head outside the car. And he said, like, normally I hate working on Halloween, but I'm hanging out with Leslie. It's nice. You know, she's focused. She's committed. And she made out with me in my cop car, which is pretty neat. And then, you know, awkward pause for two seconds. I I, I shouldn't have said that. That's clear to me now. <laughs> <laughs> awkward. Yep. Well, you know, we're going to do, we're going to bounce back to Anne's house and we're going to do this over and over and over again throughout basically the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, this, at this point, April and Derek and Ben have now arrived and uh, we, we get a good look at, um, at their costumes. And but the only one they really talk about is Ben's costume. Right, right. As you said, Alan, the thruple arrives and forgot the thruple. <laughs> uh-huh and um every time i say it, you make that face um april appears to be i, I think a clown like she's she's got pigtails going there and yeah. she's got her mouth painted all clowny um it's it's painted like a smile but i would call her a sad clown despite that it's it's amazing that april's demeanor can turn a happy clown into a sad clown despite yeah, it, how her mouth is drawn she's pulling it off she really is. So that's what she is. I mean, for whatever it's worth. Sure. Ben appears to be Pirates of the Caribbean, John, Johnny Deputy uh, Pirate, uh, much better pirate than Ron. And we can't yet tell what Derek is. So Anne uh, says, hey, guys. And, and you know, April introduces them all to uh, Anne. Like, remember my boyfriend, Derek, and his boyfriend, Ben? And... <laughs> And comes up to Derek and says, oh, you know, it's it's totally okay that you didn't wear a costume. And he's like, well, I did. I'm a straight person. And right on cue, Mark Brindanowitz walks in like, hey, sorry, I'm late. And, and he ends up standing right next to Derek. And the documentary camera does a full up and down scan of Mark and Derek's, you know, from, from head to toe. They're yep. standing right next to each other, showing and they are dressed almost identical. And Derek looks at uh, Ann and goes, see? <laughs> so, yeah. Way to go for a joke. Yeah. Um, then April has this real brief talking head um, where, you know, because it's said that the party's a little lame right now, you know, it'll yeah. liven up. Sure. And she's April is not pleased by this, despite her happy clown face. <laughs> and she says to the camera, I, I passed up a gay Halloween party to be here. Do you know how much fun they are? Last year, for example, I saw three Jonas brothers make out with three Robert Pattinson's. It was amazing. Although I would have actually 
it wouldn't have been right if she had said it like that. Amazing. She goes, it was amazing. You know, very <laughs> deadpan. And I was half, I was half convinced that she got Robert Patterson's name wrong and called him Robert Patterson, but yeah. <laughs> well, she might have, I didn't pay too close attention. Yeah. We'll have to check that out. Constantine, go figure that out for us. Okay. And then there was a really weird uh, little scene with, um, Anne and Mark were talking to two of Anne's nurse friends. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, we don't know their names at this point. I don't think so. I just wrote down nurse one and nurse two, but you know. We, we actually do. It's Paula and Diane and um, they're actually going to oh. show up in a couple episodes. Oh, all yeah. right. Duly, duly noted. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so they, they're, they're just basically, they grill Mark a little bit. They're like, oh, so you're dating Anne and well, you know, we're protective of her. So, you know, we're going to look out for her. And Mark kind of makes an astute observation here and says, well, yep. you, you kind of dropped the ball with Andy then, didn't you? And oh boy, they go, oh, Andy, I love Andy. Oh, is Andy coming? You should get back together with Andy. I mean, so that totally went in the wrong direction there. Yeah, that kind of backfired. And goes, goes to get some alcohol. And uh, it, it makes you wonder how good friends they are to Anne because at this point i couldn't tell if this is part of like what they're you know we're going to come back and we're going to see them grilling mark a little more here in a minute and i just didn't know if this was a precursor to that you know the the little preamble where they're just going to start giving him crap right from the beginning or you know if they're just that rude and i can understand if they just gave mark crap but if they really like are that in love with andy my take on it is they're probably, I don't know, how good of friends with Anne could they be? If, yeah, they're not, uh, and maybe not good friends. They're not close friends, right? Right. I could see a surface friend maybe only yeah. seeing the playful, goofy exterior right. Andy exactly. has and therefore loving him, so to speak. So whatever. Yeah. I but, bet that's it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, from here, we're back. We're back in Dave's car again. And um, we see Greg Bakaitis. He's playing with his skateboard. And <laughs> I love what Leslie says. Yeah, we, again, we see a timestamp, 8.56 p.m. And, and they're still, they're, Greg and his friends are hanging outside the convenience store. And and once again, Leslie's got her hand recorder there. And she says, suspect laughing with friends and playing with his stupid skateboard in a snide, turdish manner. And this kind of gets, <laughs> this kind of gets Officer Dave's attention. He's, he turns to her and says, turdish? And Leslie says, yes, like a turd, like a little turd. <laughs> <laughs> She's really milking that word. Um, and at this point, Dave's trying to just talk her out of this and say, look, your scare tactics worked. Like we, we've been, we've been watching him for hours. He's not doing anything. Andy's guarding the statue. We'll go to Ann's party. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this you know, is mentioning the to when... the camera. Cause it. Okay. Oh, sorry. And he mentions to the camera in the back seat. Cause you know, wow. the documentary crew is all, always there. That's right. And, you know, he realizes this sounds bad because he's on duty. <laughs> and he says, he looks at the camera purposefully and says, oh, uh, you know, we wanted to cover that block anyway. You know, we wanted right. a police presence on it. So this is within the the, the confines of uh, the, no, anyway, the, yeah, then they go. So he's they're going to go to City Hall and I think pick up. Right, <laughs> right. And uh, Leslie says, okay, let's go to City Hall and we'll we'll pick up my costume. Yeah, which is their excuse to go to City Hall. His head or something. What's that? Sorry. Well, I, I think that I, I think that that she wanted to as before right before they left that she kind of wanted to fire a warning shot over Pekitis's head because 
uh, Officer Dave has a, a rifle at the front of his car, and she's like, "Can't can we just you know shoot a, a warning shot?" And he's like, "No, don't 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 do that. Don't touch that. No, we can't do so." Anyway, so from here, as 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 Leslie had suggested, they're going to go pick up her costume at City Hall, and this is our opportunity now to kind of see what happens next as as they open the door to uh, the park's office within City Hall. Right. The, right. The, the first thing we see Leslie and Dave are in an empty but well lit hallway within City Hall. It's just outside the bullpen. And, huh, that's weird. Leslie's looking for her keys. She's like, where are my keys? Where are my keys? And before she can find her keys, you know, Officer Dave looks up and goes, oh, it looks like it's uh, looks like it's open. It's like, really? Yeah. And they open the already ajar door. Mm-hmm turn on the lights to find out the office has been toilet papered. Uh, someone has uh, spray painted on the floor. Happy Halloween suckers. Suckers. There's like two minutes of or two minutes, two seconds of dead silence. And then you hear Leslie screeching. <laughs> I was really thankful that uh, they had spray painted that because I pr- pr- heretofore had not known how to spell suckers. But now I do. Oh, yeah. With a Z. With and, a Z. A-Z. <laughs> and A-Z on the end. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I, I think that this is normally where the commercial break in the show would go. There's like a, a like a second of black screen or something. But you know, yeah. we're still in the in City Hall. Yeah, we come um, right back there. Yeah. And we and we see. Right. And so we see someone has also, in addition to Happy Halloween suckas, they've also spray painted the words crappy Halloweeners which okay <laughs> over a map hanging on the wall um and at this point they've also defaced like, hillary <laughs> oh my gosh they did yeah yeah they did. Of, it's colored out of tooth and yeah uh-huh. oh my gosh some, I forgot some devil about horns that. you're right yeah. <laughs> dave's telling leslie i don't think it's him you know we've been tailing him for a couple of hours i, I think that must have been someone else and leslie ain't having it yeah she said it's it's bacchitis and um she she holds up something and says, believe me now. And Dave's like, that isn't, I don't know what that is. That didn't mean anything to me. <laughs> and she's like, this is a peach pit. And still nothing. I'm like, okay. Did you she notice where she found the peach, peach pit? I do, but I forgot. Tell me. I, it's where a was giant it? pile of whipped cream. Oh. I actually almost put this under mm. tropes because of the whipped cream piece, right? With Leslie. But I thought, okay, that's pretty brilliant, you know, and, and if it is pachitis at this point, which we don't know one way or the other, you know, come on, he, he, he has defaced her office and left a pile of one of her favorite desserts with the evidence of his, you know, so-called calling card. Right. That's his ace of spades. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you're right. I think, I think that that is tropetastic there. Cause I think whoever did this, that was a personal little to Leslie yeah, little jab oh my gosh um well Leslie's saying to officer Dave look this peach pit this is his calling card this is his this is his ace of spades this is what he leaves all of his victims and not only that it's still warm so <laughs> yuck <laughs> um go ahead and arrest him and send this to the lab and he's like we don't have a lab <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about and then from there, I think we're we're back at Ann's for a brief moment, and uh, you know we we see we see April downing this bottle of vodka. Yep, yep. And 
Anne has to do the responsible thing. She takes the bottle away from her. Like you hear, okay, you're underage. I'm like, you're not. She's a little bit uh, <laughs> schnockered, I think. Um, Dr. Harris chooses this time to tell Anne, hey, um, yeah, I'm going to leave. Um, this isn't that fun. <laughs> like, okay, that's a little hurt, uh, oh, but okay. And he, he, Dr. Harris glances down at, at the bottle of wine he's carrying, which is the same bottle he brought to the party. Well, sure. and, he, and he informs her, I'm going to take this home. Yeah, that's called no, ungifting. He's ungifting <laughs> this. <laughs> Nobody was drinking it, so I'm going to take it. <laughs> and, okay. On top of that, Dr. Harris goes over to Ann's bookshelf and he grabs a book and says, I'm going to take this too. I've been meaning to read it, you know? And so he just leaves. So not only does he de-gifting his wine, he stole a book. He, he's a thief. Ugh. Andrew's rude. Yeah. This makes Ann take a big swig out of the bottle as well. She's kind of worried about her party at this point, I think. Yeah. I, I tried to figure out what book he was stealing and I, I really couldn't, I couldn't tell it's into something, but I, you just can't see it well enough on the shelf. Um, to figure out what it is. Mm. Hmm. Maybe into the looking glass? Um, maybe. Maybe. It could be. It's hard to say. Hmm. Well, from here, we find ourselves headed back uh, to City Hall uh, for a brief moment. We're kind of outside the conference room, and we see young Greg Pekaitis being walked in uh, to, to the park's office by a young officer, not Dave. Right, right. Dave's telling Leslie, look, this isn't really legal. Like we can talk to him for maybe an hour. I, then I got to let him go. And Leslie tells him, all right, well, you, you, you go first. You have a scary face. Hey, <laughs> and she tries sure. to save face. Well, no, scary, cute. Now go in and talk to him. So. <laughs> Do your worst. So yeah. um, then, then we're in the conference room, right? And we've got Dave and, 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 and Greg, right? Right, right. And, and I think Dave, Officer Dave's trying to be somewhat measured about this. He's not just like coming on like a full port, court press or anything. That's not Dave's style. No, no. Yeah. Um, despite how <laughs> Leslie's feeling about this. Oh, um, sure. So Greg's telling him, look, I didn't do this. And he's like, now, son, I'm a police officer. You shouldn't lie to me. Um, and Greg's like, I, I haven't ever been here. Like, why would I do this? Like, well, you've had run-ins with Miss Nope in the past and this cell phone rings. Like, okay, just a second. Yeah. And we hear, we hear Leslie go, ask him about the peach pit. And the camera pans over and, and, and Leslie's cell phone in hand is standing right outside the room, <laughs> very, very visible through the glass. Yeah. Right. Um, and Greg lets her know he's looking right at her. He goes, this isn't one way glass. You know, I can see you. <laughs> Leslie, she's mad. She walks like a little ways away. And there, then there was an interesting little moment. Greg says to Dave, Oh. You know, I like Nope. I, I, I screw with her because, you know, she gets all riled up and stuff. And, and, her, and her face her face gets all <laughs> scrunched up like this. And then it makes a little Leslie scrunched up face like she's mad, which kind of makes Dave laugh. Yeah, he, he giggles. <laughs> like, and it's a spot on impersonation of Leslie, too. It, it really is. And then he says, but, you know, I like her. You know, she's all right. And then <laughs> the camera pans a small ways away and we can see Leslie just a few steps away from where she was previously with that exact same scrunched up face glaring at Greg. He's like, you see? And then Leslie finally realizes everyone's looking at her like, what? <laughs> I like this. 
You know, there was one thing in the script in that double sequence there where they, you know, they come back into the office and then they jump into the conference room real quick. You know, in the script, they were originally going to be looking at security footage with like, uh, you know, the night guard or something like that. It was actually a lot less funny than what they ended up filming. So I uh, just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is. So from here, we find ourselves back at Anne's house yet again. And Anne is complaining to Mark <laughs> that this party is not going well. Right. This is actually just a very short scene at Anne's party. She's yeah. very worried that her party is not going well. She's, you know, everybody's in the kitchen. Why is our everybody always in the kitchen? Which, you know, is spot on. Everybody is always in the kitchen. It's true. It's been my experience. Yep. Um, always. And and Mark's trying to comfort her and just like, look, 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 it's going fine. And and Anne's kind of panicking this way. It's quiet. It's quiet. Oh my God. Oh my God. This this party's a total failure. A total failure. And Mark's like, no, it's not. Not. Come on. Um. And then I think that the scene ends with Ron going, and do you have any mounds? Because all I can find are almond joys and almonds give me the squirts. <laughs> Ron's so delicate. I heard Constantine's already working on a new meme for that one. So we'll oh, have to see that. <laughs> he's so talented. You got to pay him extra onions this uh, this week. Extra onions. Yeah. Um, and this, is, by the way, is the continuity goof. For those that are nerds like me, uh, if, if you go to this particular scene, which is about, I don't know, nine minutes and 30 seconds or so, yeah, as Anne's worried about the people in the kitchen, you can see over her shoulder, Dr. Harris is still there. So yep. she, she better go to him and get her book back. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good catch again. So. Well, from here, we're, we're continue bouncing back and forth and we're, we're back at the uh, the parks office and Andy has shown up and he's taking in the damage. <laughs> yeah, he he uh, he lets them know that the statue's fine, which he's been guarding. So, you know, he's yeah. been doing his job and then he his his gaze goes up to the spray painted map and he reads out oh, <laughs> crappy Halloweenos. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, we knew someone would find it funny. And, uh, you know, and he's like, well, where's where's the kid? Like, oh, he's in the conference room. And Dave's still kind of holding fast. He says, Leslie, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't think he did it. And she's like, yes, he did. We need a confession. I'm like, look, Andy and I are going to take a walk. It's going to be eupokitis and these pliers. And no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to torture. And Leslie goes, nobody said torture. And then glances at the camera <laughs> real quick just, you know, to make sure there's no evidence for the documentary crew. And this is when Andy has his little brainchild and he's like, why don't you let me take a run at him, boss? Yeah. You know, here's my AKA. In order to think like one of these guys, you have to think like them. And I think Leslie buys into it. She's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's never seen you before. And, That's you know, brilliant. you need to pretend that you're somebody very important and can make his life hell. And then we cut to, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got to Andy walking into the meeting room where Greg's sitting and <laughs> he's just, he's such a ridiculous idiot. I love it. He's like Greg Pekaitis. He's, he's Kev as a, he has a coffee cup. He's yeah, got a coffee, coffee cup mug. in his hand. Yeah. He's like, would you like some boiling hot coffee in your face? And he kind of lunges like he's going to throw it at his face. And then he throws the cup down and smashes on the floor. <laughs> Oh, Greg is just like kind of laughing at this. And yeah. And he said, my name is Burt Macklin. I'm with the beeping FBI. Oh my God. And <laughs> Macklin is born. Macklin is born, baby. Gotta love it. 
Well, uh, you know, I kind of wish they had done a little more, slightly longer scenes because we're bouncing so much. It's entertaining, but at the same time, it makes it a little harder to talk about it. But just for a second, we're going to jump right back to Anne's party. And um, I I think at this point, um, this is when Tom and Wendy arrive, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. They they arrive and and Anne is um, not too pleased because, you know, Tom. And uh, although I don't think she minds Wendy. Um, And... uh, so she didn't know who Tom is at first. Like, are you the Mad Hatter? And he's like, I'm T-Pain, baby. She pop and she roll and she roam and she climbing that pole and I'm in love with the stripper. But this is not a stripper. This is my wife, Wendy. You remember her? She's a surgeon at County General and she's super hot, which would almost be like a catchphrase for him. It should be. Um, and and uh, Wendy's very polite, you know, and Anne says, well, th- look, thank you for being a doctor and not coming dressed as a doctor <laughs> oh, yeah. which when he says oh my god well who'd be boring enough to do that and both the Anne and the camera both glance into the kitchen where there are yeah. at least at least five if not more hospital personnel dressed i, in I think there are attire. six mm. there, there's one guy in the middle who's not wearing a hospital outfit but the other six people in this tiny little kitchen are, are either doctors or nurses and they're dressed in their actual nurse and doctor uniforms so not very creative (laughs) just ridiculous and 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 tom isn't very delicate about his assessment he's like what and what happened here did you tell everybody they're gonna have to get a bone marrow transplant this looks (laughs) this party's a disaster i love that and and then (laughs) a great moment where both ron and mark chime in about at the same moment mark going no it's not and ron going yes it is (laughs) this is a disaster (laughs) and uh Tom and Wendy go, oh, don't worry about it. We can fix this. Just give us a second. Yeah. You know, I think this is a good segue for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll see if Tom's able to help Ann uh, make her party any better. And we'll see what uh, Burt Macklin is going to do to Craig Bakaitis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back. Do you have an upcoming costume party or other such occasion that requires a disguise or alter ego? Is there a need or desire for you to conceal your true identity? Perhaps while engaging in a musical hobby or other semi-private pursuit? If so, the Pawnee Mystery Closet may be the answer to your unspoken question. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. The Pawnee Mystery Closet was founded in 1979 by a Mr. E closet mystery closet. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> located in Greater Pawnee, the closet, as I call it, has all of your dress up needs covered. Some of their more popular costume packages include the slurring scalawag, a detailed pirate costume complete with long flowing hair and dark eyeliner, the tea pain sometimes confused for the Mad Hatter, the Cowgirl, a sexy female version of your basic cowboy, the Reggie Miller, an Indianapolis Pacers uniform featuring legendary number 31, the Barbara of Eden, your basic sexy genie costume, the Chucky, costume and makeup to transform yourself or your small human into a lifelike person-sized doll, And finally, the Macklin, your basic unhinged FBI agent who's been pushed too far. 
Still don't know what to choose or lack imagination? The Closet also has simple outfits and makeup for doctors, construction workers, nurses, and clowns. So if you are ready to step out of your comfort zone, get ready to step into The Closet. Er, er, the Pawnee Mystery Closet. Tell them Ron sent you and get a free bag of spider webs with your purchase. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. All right, so when we left last saw our heroes, <laughs> we had <laughs> uh, we had a couple different scenes going on. We're interweaving here between the parks department and uh, you know where where Bert Macklin is about to really grill Greg Pakitis and, and get you know get a confession, and then uh, and, and Tom has offered to try to make Ann's party salvageable. So uh, I think we start off back at the parks department, Mark. Right. Uh, Leslie thinks that Andy's uh, starting to wear him down. She sees his fist pounding on the table. She walks into the the room and, and Andy is about in tears. Um, we hear <laughs> Greg saying to Andy, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's like, what? And Andy is like, kind of, why don't you just shut up for a second? <laughs> Leslie, what's going on here? He's a jerk. He's a jerk. He's being such a jerk. That's an awful thing to say to a human being. I mean, Andy is just distraught at oh, this yeah. point. And this is my my second AKA where Greg's like, are you crying? No, I'm not crying. Okay, I'm allergic to jerks. <laughs> the kindness is just laughing at him too. And, and Leslie's like, okay, Andy out. Like, and then Andy just grill like a four year old. Like, fine, I don't even care. It's a stupid. <laughs> um, Leslie now considers the gloves coming off because she brings yeah. out the peach pit. Oh yeah. So she she just shows it to Greg. The ace up her sleeve, right? She thinks she's got him now. Yep, it's it's his calling card, and <laughs> um, and so she's like, "Yeah, you're eating a peach, and now this is here. I don't think that's a coincidence." And Greg's like, "Yeah, there's no way two different people could have eaten the same fruit in the same day. Yeah, yeah, got me. Not to mention, yeah. I was actually eating a plum earlier, which I don't know if that's really true, but that's what he said." Um, <laughs> And Liz is like, I don't care. I don't care what you say. I know you were, even though you were in the parking lot all night, I know you found a way to get in here. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait. How do you know I was in the parking lot all night? Because I followed you. Like, what? if you followed me, you know, it wasn't me. Nope. What is your problem? And then she threatens to waterboard him. And we see a, <laughs> we see a brief talking head from Dave going, I love it. no, I don't think she would make a good cop. Uh, quite frankly, I would be frightened to live in a town that she's the cop of, <laughs> which points for honesty. It does. I, I think it's a, a good critical assessment of her uh, not cop skills. She has many strengths. Cop is not one of them. Not one of them. No. We pop back to Ann's house and we see Tom has had this. Uh, he, he's taken over now. This is going to be his party. He's going to make it happen. He has everybody clearing away all the furniture and they're going to create a little dance floor. Right. And, and not a lot to talk about here. He's basically yeah. setting up the music and she's like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm livening things up. Okay. Like turn off all the lights that don't have colored bulbs. He does this thing <laughs> where he like stretches out the, the thing and yeah. the thing. The puppy. Um, exactly. <laughs> and so the music starts playing and Tom jumps up on a table and this is where Tom, he can flex his muscles. He's pretty good at schmoozing the crowd. We, yeah. We've seen this before. Yeah, that's true. And, he One tells everyone, skills. you know, get the furniture out of the way. We're making a dance floor. Put the turkey wraps down. We're about to get wild. And so you see people start to dance and everything. And even Ron, slowly and curiously, like a lost animal, starts to make his way to the dance floor. And he's like, Ron Swanson in the building, y'all. So it's going <laughs> better at this point. It is. 
Yeah, we bounce back to the police department and, you know, as if it couldn't get any worse, they they haven't been able to nail Pekaitis. He's laughing at him and and in walks Pekaitis's mom. Right, right. Leslie knows that the jig is up. She just wants Dave to handcuff him to something, just anything at this point. <laughs> we see Mrs. Pekaitis walk in and she's like, Greggy, Greg, where are you? And mom. And um, so they're all talking to her, you know, Leslie, Officer Sanderson and Bert, Bert Macklin, FBI. They're all talking to Mrs. Pekaitis. And she's she's mad. She's livid. Like, what do you th- what do you think? You can't hold a 16 year old against his will. And like, well, we're, there's this vandalism. Like, what well, do you have any evidence? And, you know, this is a, another great moment yeah. where it's like Leslie's like, yes. And Dave's like, no, no, we don't. Nope. Um, no. Uh, this is the peach pit. See, his DNA is all over it. Like, we don't know that. We can get it tested. We can't. No, we can't. And if it matches your DNA, it won't. <laughs> then you're going away for a long time. Yeah, I, I really um, don't think, as much as Leslie believes it is, Pekaitis, I don't think Dave thinks it is. I, he's pretty convinced. You know, he's he's been, as far as he knows, he didn't do it. Right, exactly. Or at least they can't prove it. So they, I think they, they got to let can. it go. Yeah, they got to um, let it go. So Mrs. Pekaitis threatens all three of them. He's like, I'm calling you. You know, I'm calling your shift commander yep. uh, to Leslie, to Dave. Then Leslie's like, Monday morning, I'm calling your boss. And then she turns to Andy and kind of looks at him like, I don't know who to call about you. And he's like, the president of the United States of America. <laughs> She's like, fine. Stay away from us. You come near us. I'll sue you. Let's go. And they leave. Wow. Um, and Leslie's still like, is still, she says, okay, let, let them think that they've lost us. And then once they're gone and Dave's, done at this point he kisses leslie on the head and walks out yeah. of the room and she's like well where are you going he's like i gotta go tell my boss why i just illegally detained a teenager i, I shouldn't yeah. have done this this is just bad police work and andy's yeah. like yeah it was bad fbi work too my bad <laughs> <laughs> at least dave never let leslie waterboard him but that's about all he's going to be able to claim you know to help save his case yep i agree yeah. Well, we're back at Ann's house and Tom has been successful. The party's rocking. I think they're playing a game of <laughs> three, two, one vodka and uh, yep. not a lot happens here. I think, you know, there's a, a kind of a, a quick moment with Tom there. Uh, and then, you know, there's this moment, which was terrific where, you know, Ron compliments Ann on the party. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Ron has a, a quick moment where he he's actually talking to Ben who's also dressed as a much better pirate. And he's like, son, that is one hell of a costume. And, and Ben kind of gives Ron's arm a friendly slap. He thinks. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, then he turns to Anne and clinks beer bottles with her and says, nice party. And you can see Anne at this point is clearly pleased. Things are yeah. going well. People are dancing and one, two, three vodka. And, <laughs> and so it's going good. Yep. Then we jump back to the parks office and, you know, Leslie and Andy, I think it's the aftermath. They're cleaning up the office and uh, there's this nice little moment with Andy here, uh, kind of the second of this episode where, you know, I think he's, he's expressing some loyalty for Leslie. Absolutely. It right now, like you said, it's Leslie and Andy are the only ones at city hall. They're cleaning up all this toilet paper. Um, Leslie's musing out loud. Why would anyone do this? And Andy's basically like kids are kids. Kids do stupid stuff. And Leslie says, I, you know, I didn't. And Andy's like, well, you, but we're probably a nerd though, right? Which Leslie starts to take offense at, but Andy's like, I mean that in a good way. Like, look at you, you're the coolest person I've ever met. Like, and I even met John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> so that's a, that's high praise. That's high praise. 
And you see Leslie kind of smile at him for a second and go, Andy, why don't you go home? I'll finish cleaning this up. And this is a great moment for Andy. He said, no way. I mean, you got me a job. You're helping me turn my life around. I go home when you go home. Yep. And that that really stuck with me. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. No, we, we, Andy needed to have that redeeming moment after some of his recent shenanigans. And uh, no, it's it's good. And uh, it, it's good that he recognizes that Leslie's done something kind of cool for him and he's going to he's going to be there to support her. So agreed. Yeah. Well, we're back at Ann's house and, uh, you know, this is where I think we meet the nurses again. And uh, I wrote they're fake hitting on Mark. Uh, I think they're mostly trying to test out and see if, if, if Mark is a trustworthy guy for their friend, Ann. Right, right. And it, it, it's as you would expect. She's like, you know, hey, you know, you want to go back to my place? I'm like, no, I'm dating Ann. Good. That was a test. Do you want to celebrate you passing the test by going back to my place? No. <laughs> oh, good. You passed the test again. But watch out because we're very protective. And, you know, one nurse gets up and Mark kind of looks off at her disbelieving. And then another nurse sits down and goes, right so away. do you want to get out of here? And Mark just grimaces right at the camera like, come on. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, and then we see Wendy walk over to Ron, yeah. who in a just a very, very, very quick little scene that I love is using a knife to dig the almonds out of the almond joy, which just <laughs> made, made me I didn't even catch it the first time. It's very, very brief either. and it just made me giggle. Um, <laughs> so Ron tells Wendy, you guys are awesome. You turned the party around. And then Wendy says, well, you know, Tom told me that you know about our uh, our green card marriage and i think right. it's, it's i want to say thank you for not telling anyone and ron tells her well i'd i'd hate to have you go back to canada all that ugh, all that socialized medicine <laughs> up there <laughs> um no one should have to endure that and tom walks up and joins them and says oh wendy where you been and she says, oh just thanking ron you know for not telling one and tom's like yeah that was really cool of you and and wendy tells ron and neither of them are looking at tom at this moment wendy says right. you know we we won't have to keep it a, you won't have to keep it a secret much longer ron because in a few months we can split up without raising any eyebrows and That's we'll right. invite you to the divorce party and wendy didn't mean this she didn't say this in a mean way not at she, all. she said it in a very matter of fact way this is not a surprise to anybody but the camera catches tom she he's clearly miserable he's grimacing he's not happy about this at all so very, very good emoting by Aziz Ansari there. Yeah, he's, um, I feel like that we're starting to see a little bit about, you know, what's behind Tom's, you know, facade. And, uh, you know, he clearly, while this is a green card marriage, you know, I think he's clearly got feelings for, for Wendy and, uh, you know, that might explain some of his behavior. Right. Agreed. So we're back at the parks department and, you know, Leslie, I think she, her and Andy are having some beers and I think she's finally saying maybe Greg is innocent after all. Right. Right. Yeah. She thinks, uh, you know, in this country, sure, you're innocent until proven guilty. That's the cornerstone of democracy. But I got to tell you, Pekitis is a punk <laughs> and I, and I, I kind of want to TP his house and that's all the encouragement Andy needs. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. let's do it. And so he, he grabs up a few of the trash bags, <laughs> the same trash bags that they use to collect the toilet paper that was used to toilet paper in yeah, the office. It's ready they to take, go. Why would you waste that? So they take that like, okay, let's do it. So they, you see them walking out with Leslie. Um, and I think immediately it's a, it's a scene change, but it's kind of seamless from this where we see a timestamp yeah. of 1147 PM. Yep. So it's pretty late at this point. Um, yep. And Andy and Leslie are getting ready to TP a house. And Leslie is so 
excited but so clueless like wait wait this is fun this is fun this is fun what do i do <laughs> she's never done this like you just grab the toilet paper and you know we go for it and she just starts going to town like this is for mayor percy this is for the parks department this is, <laughs> this is for pooping on the handball court which yikes um and and Leslie goes, this is this is really fun, but I don't condone it. And then the last scene here is like she's running around like a little girl with toilet paper and she's breathing and giggling so hard. She's nearly hyperventilating. <laughs> she is so tickled and excited about this. Yep. I think for a quick minute, we cut away from Pekaitis's house and we're back at Ann's. And uh, I think Tom and Wendy are about to leave and. Uh, and Tom and Wendy are about to leave. Right, right. As we saw from the prior timestamp, it's probably about midnight or so, and the party's yeah. starting to wind down, and Anne's saying goodbye to to Ron and the, the Thruple and, and, you know, everybody else. So, um, and and Anne is so thankful to Tom because he, he did. He completely turned her party around. Oh, yeah. And Mark and Anne in a well-meaning moment, but unfortunate, you know, choose that moment to say, you know what, Tom? your wife is super cool. Like, like she's really nice. She's well, well done. Like, I don't right. know how you landed that chick, but don't, don't let her go. Yeah. Poor Which is just the turning the knife. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so then they go, you know, they turn around and Tom, I think tries to regain a little bit of face by going, you know, he and Wendy have turned or on their way out the door and he goes, I'm about to head home and have some crazy sex. And Anne's <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't need to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You gotta love Tom. Well, from here, we're back at the Pekaitis house and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, the, here come the popo. Here come the popo indeed. Um, Leslie is still clearly having the time of her life. Like she'll throw a big stream of toilet paper and she'll go, yay. <laughs> like she's not angry. She is just enthralled with this. And sure enough, the popo, 5050, blue and red lights. Andy sprints off to the side and goes into the bushes, which is very reminiscent of some of the dives he's taken into the into pit. The pit yeah. And it's Dave, Officer Dave, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess. And he walks up Probably. the front lawn and is like, I, I see you, Andy. Good <laughs> Lord. Like, what are you doing, Leslie? A woman comes out of the house and like, okay, that's them. But it's not mm. the woman that came to get Greg. And Leslie goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I think we have the wrong house. And Sure. And, it, you know, we're trying to get revenge on this kid, Greg Pekaitis, and we thought it was this house. I guess we got the address wrong. The woman says, I'm Greg's mom. She's like, you are? And he's like, oh, did he hire a fake mom again to get him out of trouble? <laughs> Whenever he gets in trouble, he goes on Craigslist and hires a woman to play his mother and bails him out. Oh, that little SOB. And she storms inside the house and going to wring his neck. And Leslie, like, I knew it. And Dave said, oh, my God. And Andy goes, dude, that kid is amazing. <laughs> And the woman comes out and says, mm -hmm. "I Greg's not in his room. I don't know where he is. And Leslie says, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I I love the cut to the next scene. You know, we get the timestamp 1228 and the crew, <laughs> they're all running. They've got Greg's mom, Dave's there, Leslie's there, Andy, and the cameraman's running along. You get this ground level shot of them running, uh, about to catch Greg in action. Right, right. They they're running up to the to the 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 mayor Percy statue in Ramsey <laughs> Park. Documentary documentary crew following behind them at ground level. They're approaching a group of kids around the statue, and the the kids see them and they run off. And Leslie, the great Star Wars quote: "Let them go. Stay on the leader." 
<laughs> and um, Dave grabs Greg and holds him by the arm and, and, and his mom's like, I'm going to wring your neck. Oh, and so she's like, how did you do it? How'd you get into the parks department? I have to know. And Greg says, Greg said, well, maybe the FBI can figure it out. <laughs> and Andy, he, Andy's trying so hard to have Leslie's back here. He's like, ha ha, I'm not even in the FBI, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie's like, you're going to jail for a long time. And Dave's like, no, he's not. Like, this is no. like the third time that this back and forth between them has happened, right? Like, you know, he's not, he's a minor. Well, we'll let the jury decide. No, there's not no. going to be a journey, a jury. <laughs> uh, well, then the judge will decide. Look, he's going to do probation. He's a minor. And Leslie's just like, Dave, let me have this, please. Just something. <laughs> Anything. Well, from here, we're uh, it's the next day. We're back at City Hall. And, uh, you know, Leslie is sitting there with Andy and she's kind of recapping, I think, for the rest of the team, you know, all the shenanigans that they missed while they were at the Halloween party. That's right. Now, this is so this is the kicker to, to the episode. And. Um, this is as close as Parks and Rec will ever get to Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. You know, and so like, I want to say this, looking back, I think technically the video provided to the audience technically gives you enough that if you were really, really observant, you might see how Greg Pekaitis does this. I am nowhere near that observant. No. Um, so if you're like me, viewers of this podcast, then... You might want to go to where Alan guided you earlier to, I think, three minutes and 11 seconds, 11 seconds or so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next day we're at the bullpen. Uh, Leslie and Andy are there with the rest of the gang. And, um, you know, they're like they're congratulating Leslie. Like, you did a great job. And right. Leslie was like, yeah, thanks. But uh, the thing I'm just driving me nuts. How do you do it? And now we see a series of flashbacks of, of how he did it. This is the um, montage. That's right. <clears throat> so the only one I can ever remember in Parks and Rec. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so the first one is when Leslie and Anne. remember when Leslie was showing Anne her crazy overprepared Leslie map. Yeah. And Anne goes away. Jerry comes out and gets kiboshed by the webs, the cobwebs. Leslie gets up. And says, oh, Jerry, calm down. Let me help you. For a second, her purse was unattended. That's right. And we see a janitor <laughs> that's strangely pachytis size. Yeah. Uh, come up, uh, kind of rustle through her purse, grab her keys, turn around, jump right in the dumpster. <laughs> and I, um, I, I love the disguise, too. You know, got the, the purple hat with the blonde hair and the dark black mustache not oh, obvious perfect. at all <laughs> no perfect perfect um and you know the, 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 leslie just we have a voiceover from leslie the whole time just saying like i you know we did this we did this i don't know how he did it we he, always he locked, locked the doors up. yeah yeah we see jerry locking the doors and he yep. actually did he didn't 502 p.m right. that's right <laughs> and uh and then she's like and we we tailed pachytis from the moment that he left his house at seven to the moment we came back here, which clearly shows that's when he did it. Like yep. it was prior to when they started to tail him at seven. Um, and, and, you know, you see just a few shots of the documentary camera. Uh, first of all, Greg climbs out of the dumpster. He has a duffel bag, probably with all of his TP equipment or, you know, whipped cream or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, he it's either some- whipped cream or shaving cream. You you see a shot of the can through the spy shot, and I can't tell for sure. I, I'm going to go with whipped cream. I I'm going that. to choose to believe that it's whipped cream yeah. because I think it fits so much more nicely, as you pointed <laughs> out. Um, yeah, then we just see him like you know doing all the things and everything, and then finally at the very end, you have Leslie saying, you know, like how did how did the little turd do it? And Greg's making his way out of the office. And of course, the documentary crew, like we've mentioned so many times, happens to be there. Yeah. Greg, Greg's done lambasting the office, makes his way out. He peels off his fake mustache, glances up, looks right at the documentary crew, <laughs> gives him a little smirk. Yeah. And then walks off. Yeah. Little bastard. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, that's probably my favorite kicker um, of, of, well, probably maybe of the series, but certainly so far. Oh, Very great. clever. Yep. Well Excellent. done. Yep. All right, Mark. Well, uh, that's a great breakdown of the episode. Are you ready to give this guy a score? I am ready to give this guy a score. If I'm not mistaken, you usually have some sort of very complex scoring mechanism. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, you're right, Alan. Um <laughs> So first, I just want to say a few notes about the the, the characters in general for this episode. Like, yeah. f- first of all, I we've think mentioned that, a little bit, but yeah, let's 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 recap a little that. bit. So yeah, yeah the, so I think that Leslie and Andy, in my opinion, this was a very Leslie and Andy centric uh, episode. I yeah, thought that you know fair. Amy Poehler, Chris Pratt did a great job. They both had a lot of screen time. Very very funny stuff. Um, Andy. I want two notes about him to be to be noted for for the record. Um, first is that, I, to my memory, I think this is perhaps the first instance of I'm going to call it Goofy Andy without being dragged down by the whole "I still want to be with Anne" angle. And this, I think, allows us as the audience to really appreciate Andy's lovable side without being affected by distaste for how selfish he is with Anne. Yeah, that's great. That's a good point. The other point is that I think, like you pointed this out too, I think Andy's actions towards and his bonding moments with Leslie are to date by far the sweetest and most heartfelt moments he's had so far in the series. In many ways, this episode gave Andy the moments that kind of remind me of the Tom moment that I talked about a couple of episodes ago in Sister City, where Tom showed, you know, kindness and compassion by giving away his tip money, blah, blah, blah. I love that moment for Tom. And I think Andy had equally good moments here. It was very, very well done and well-written. Well, that Um, that was a Leslie Tom episode. This was a Leslie Andy episode. Yes. Yes. Well put. Yeah. You know, Anne and Tom, they got some screen time. Uh, Tom did a good job when he was on screen. Anne is okay. You know, yeah. watching her fret about the party was okay, but no huge belly laugh moments. It was a solid performance from her, but eh, all right. Um, Mark, Ron, April, Jerry, I-, I think they're all in the same category of not much screen time, did a decent job when they were on screen, even Mark. Um, you know, funny enough, they they did they served their purpose. Not a lot to talk about there. Um, yeah. Donna still vacationing with Johnny, I think. I guess so. April's back. You know, but Donna's not so well. We know she does very well there, so there's any number of reasons why she could still be there. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so anyway, uh, so as a quick reminder to our viewers, Alan and I do not share our scores with each other prior to the podcast. That is correct. Uh, so, you know, Alan, I, I found a quote from uh Alan Sepinwall from the Star Ledger that I thought nicely summarized my two yardstick 
approach to scoring that you've heard me talk about before. What'd you do? Pull the microfiche from like the Dallas Sun Times or what, how, how'd you find that? Yeah, that's what you do. You pull microfiche <laughs> from the Times. Um, um, and actually, Constantine did it. Well, duh. Yeah, I'm down an onion, but I'm up a fact. I consider that a win. <laughs> it's actually a win-win, not like onions. Um, so the the quote there from the microfiche, I mean, from the Alan Seppenwall of the Star-Ledger, um, he said, like the office when it's clicking, Parks and Recreation mm. this season works on two levels. It makes me laugh a lot. And it also makes me happy to spend time with these characters in their mundane but goofy little world. So that's that's exactly the same for me. More and more, the episode score each week has to do with how I'm starting to care about these characters. And I'm caring about them more. And because I care about these characters, I'm therefore more invested in the plot. So um, the only I other think, note- I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, from the, the difference between season one, six episodes in, and season two, seven episodes in is substantial. And I think it's largely oh based gosh. on what you just said. Oh my gosh, night completely night and day. Yeah. The only other note I wanted to make is that, you know, in the last episode, Kaboom, I I, I thought it was a great episode, but I kind of called them out a little bit because I felt like they they didn't use their comedic bench as well as they could have. Yeah, we pointed that out. Yeah. And and I feel like in this episode, I feel like well, Kaboom, it was also an Amy Poehler and Chris Pratt episode, I felt like. This was also one, but here I thought they made a little bit better use of their comedic bench. I think that's true. Even despite the fact that Donna's not here for some some reason we don't know, um, everyone else did contribute in a much bigger way than in episode six, Kaboom. That's right. Yeah. So, Alan, for my score, um, I'm going to give it a base score of four. Not bad. I got some bonus points. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to give a bonus point for, uh, a, again, a great guest spot by Louis CK. I really like him. I like officer Dave. I think he was really funny and a good, a good, uh, a good, uh, addition to this episode. I'm going to give another bonus point for great performances by both Amy Poehler and Chris Pratt, like, you know, very Amy and, and, uh, and, uh, Andy centric. And I thought they did a great job. I'm going to give half a point for the heartfelt moment where Andy shows his genuine gratitude and loyalty to Leslie. I thought it was a Mm -hmm. really, really nice moment. It was a moment that was needed by Andy. And I really feel like it gives his character some really much needed depth. And I'm going to give one, I'm going to give a half point more for the heartfelt moment where we saw how crushed Tom was by the upcoming divorce. Mm. It was a brief little thing, but I thought it was a great job by Aziz Ansari. He did a really good job emoting there. And you really, you really feel for him. Yeah, you do. Which, I would have said a few episodes ago, I don't care what happens to that little bastard. <laughs> he makes me <laughs> mad. I felt bad for him. So, you know, good job. I, I thought that was well done. So you add up all these freaking numbers I have, um, <laughs> four and one and one and half and half. That puts me uh, scoring this episode with the final score of seven little Sebastians, which, which feels about right. I think my high score is seven and a half. This isn't quite at that level, but it's darn close. It was a great episode. All right. Well, there you go. So I, you know, again, we, we've talked about this. I, I don't do any of the shenanigans you do with the scoring stuff. I just <laughs> kind of make it up at this point. And, you know, uh, based on how I'm feeling and with the, the direction of the wind, uh-huh. but, um, I, you know, I, I think in, like you said, you were seven little Sebastians last week. 
uh, on Kaboom, right? Well, oh, sorry, think, seven and a half. Well, actually, no. no. I was, was seven Sister and a half City. on Sister City. That's right. And then right. last week you dropped back down to seven. I think I dropped back down to six and a half. Did you go that far? Okay. All right. I think well, so. All right. Uh, Constantine, damn it. Give me better notes next time. All right. So, and then this week you're back to a, a seven. Right. Okay. All right. Well, and, and as you've pointed out before, our, our numbers never really are that far apart. Uh, we may be, this may be the week where we're a little different. Oh no. Yeah. Go for it. So I, I'll just straight out say, this is my favorite episode of the series so far. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I liked everything about it. You know, the, the kind of the little bit of intrigue with the Bacchitis thing and uh, you know, they're genuine, genuinely, when you watch this for the first time, you really don't know what's going on. And it's a little bit tricky how, uh, you know, it does take the reveal at the end, the montage sequence to really show how he did it. Cause you're also as a viewer, pretty sure he did it, but like Leslie, um, but you're kind of like Dave too, in the sense that it's like, well, there's clearly not enough evidence to uh, waterboard the kid. <laughs> right, right. As much as you want to waterboard the little smart aleck. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed that storyline. Um, I thought it was telling, uh, as you did, that, you know, we see this moment inside Tom, who up to this point is pretty just much a vapid kind of, you know, um, He's funny, but you really haven't cared about him to this point, you know, Agreed. Um, you know, you don't. And, and I think what's what we're going to see is we've talked about these character pairings. Um, you know, we've talked about at least one at this point, especially I think Ron April, we saw the emergence of that. Um, I think this may be the the emergence of Leslie Andy, we've seen that here, but right. I think this thing that happens with Tom sets the stage for kind of the Leslie uh, and Tom, uh, you know, bonding that's going to happen later. Certainly makes him relatable for us to believe that when it does happen, maybe that's a better way to say it. I would agree with you there. I, 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 the way I would put it is I think that this makes Tom a little bit more relatable and a little bit more vulnerable. And therefore I think it yeah. opens him up to possible relationships with definitely with Leslie, I think with Ron too, later on. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't yeah. considered that, but I think you're right. Yeah. It's, it, we, we used to love to say, you know, this is his human head, right? So um, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day and, and yep. that's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I think for all those reasons and just, you know, generally I thought it was well done, you know, like I said, it's a little annoying to describe the episode because of how much it bounces back and forth, but it does make it more interesting to watch. So I thought that was clever and there's good camera use within it, the couple of cool spy shots. And like I said, that montage sequence at the end, which I love your comparison to Ocean's Eleven. That's perfect. I hadn't considered <laughs> that, but that's exactly right. And the big reveal. So you don't get that in every episode. So I think even just if, you know, all of those things, the heart of the characters, plus the creativity of the episode, um, I gave this eight little Sebastians. Wow. That is my highest score so far. Yes, it is. Well, you know, I got to tell you, ever since you kind of tipped your hand that this is going to be your favorite episode and you were rambling and I don't know what you just said for the last <laughs> five minutes, but I was, I was preparing to myself. I'm like, okay, how am I going to lambaste Alan? I gotta, I could just, I gotta tell him how wrong he is. And I gotta yeah, come back and sure. just say, you're, like you're, 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 you're full of beans. You're very bean filled about your score there. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I really can't argue with anything you, you said, this was a really, really good episode. And actually yeah. it, it made me question like, well, why, why was it that I, 
didn't want to give us the higher score. And I'm really hard pressed. You know what I think it was? And, and, and I'm, I, maybe this isn't fair of me, but it was something that you brought up as a matter of fact. Uh-oh, what I do? I, I didn't, well, no, you, you made a great point that when we were talking about these scenes, and this especially comes out when we're sitting here talking about the scenes and analyzing them, there are a lot, a lot of very, very short little scenes. Yes. Boom, 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 yes, boom, 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 going back and forth. I think that for whatever reason, that stylistic choice it's not horrible, but it, it wasn't, it's not my dance like that. It, it didn't appeal to me in general. And, and that wouldn't be enough for me to like score it down or anything. But then I think once I started to be responsible for, you know, <laughs> having the, the, the leading uh, podcast, according to my notes, um, well, sure. you know, for parks and rec, uh, yeah. you know, at, here at LFP worldwide headquarters, I thought, man, this was annoying to have to like go back and forth and have to kind of recenter my thought. <laughs> and, and so I think that's one of the reasons why it didn't maybe appeal to me. And, and yet, like I said, I can't argue with anything you said. This is a great episode. Well, I see your point, and I do. I think it is different to watch the episode than it is to critically review it and break it apart. Right when when you're in that mode, it you know cataloging it, it's like it's very tedious to bounce back and forth. But I think if you just looked at it totally objectively as a viewer, um, you know, even a podcast viewer, um, <laughs> you, you would just it's kind of neat the way they do it. So um, yeah, so eight little Sebastians. You know, I, I will make one additional point since we're talking about, you know, some of the differences between when we would just watch it as as a normal television viewer and us talking about it here. Yeah, on the podcast. which are different experiences. Absolutely. And, you know, something that I realized you made this comment uh, or no, maybe I did. Yeah, it sounds like that. I'm going to say I did. Um, <laughs> we were comparing this in the in the sense of it's a very clever and it's very well written and there's a lot of layered and nuanced stuff in here and it kind of reminded me of in some ways uh, arrested development and, wow. and i mean and i mean that in the sense that if you aren't careful and you don't pay attention you're going to miss a lot a lot of little neat funny real quick in yeah. jokes and what i found for That's me anyway is that because i have to pay so much freaking attention <laughs> to, to every <laughs> single scene in this I'm picking up a lot more of these than I ordinarily would. So I think I'm enjoying this as a rewatch even more than I did when I originally saw it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was a little worried that looking at these so critically would kind of ruin the experience, but I think you're right. It does also provide the opportunity to, to really see things that you don't, you know, and, and there are lots of shows that are super creative and fast paced and you, you pick up things on the second or third watch. You didn't see, I'm still seeing stuff on office episodes that I didn't notice the first time through. And so, you know, this show is not unique that way, but, but this episode, especially, and I think many others, um, that's definitely true. There's just some, you got to pay attention or you're going to miss it. Completely agree. I mean, and regardless of whether it's, you know, seven or eight is the correct score, seven. I, I think that <laughs> this, it, clearly they're doing something right. I've said this before, but season yep. two is so strong. It's it's not a, a glitch that they're making this sort of quality shows just one right after the other, right? No, that's a good point. Well, to, 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 to wrap us up here, then we'll be back next week with episode eight of season two, which is Ron and Tammy. Oh, boy. And yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> strap in folks because <laughs> there's some good stuff there and uh looking forward to that one and in the meantime make sure and go out to livefrompawnee.com leave us a comment um you know our emails on there there's ways to ask questions um hit us up on any of the social medias uh we, we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear some feedback and um we're, we're working on a newsletter for those of you who have subscribed and we're hoping to have something out soon so thanks everybody for joining us and we'll talk to you next week all right bye everyone bye Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.